What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another special edition of Bruisers Breakdowns and Beards. I'm your host, Michael Reed. Uh, of course, as always, joined today by Kevin and Dallas. Uh, and, God, I already wrecked the opening. That's the way this works every time we have a special guest. What did you wreck? I don't have a fucking transition. You were doing perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm right I, here. You could just, just keep going. I, I got yeah. this. Yeah. Well, of course. Welcome in, everyone. I'm Gat. Yeah, joining us today... <laughs> Is uh, the the woman who is the the creator and owner, I guess, uh, of the Kansas City Podcast Network? She is the pod mother herself. Gat uh, is here. How are you doing today? That's a good I'm one. I'm great. I love the pod mother term. I've been That's called the Gat one. mother, but I'm like Gat mother. Just sounds like I'm going to kill you. <laughs> That's why we put our shows in on time. We never want to be late. Just in case. And then there's me who's like, wait, you have more shows? Let me put them in all day long. It was just like a day of 3B's podcast. And I was here for it. But, you know. Hell yeah. That's that's how we work best. All our work just piles up. And then we just have to like (laughs) throw it out there. Yeah. Yep. On demand. (laughs) Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's uh, it's just another day without the Chiefs. And I don't really like these days. So Yeah, they're not fun. It's not uncomfortable. Yep. I this is a weird, um, I guess, phase of my life because I'm not watching sports unless it's the Chiefs. It's not on purpose. I just have no interest. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes has ruined football for me to the point where if I watch college football, I'm like, "You fucking incompetent assholes! What are you doing? Just toss it over to your friend. Don't even look at him. You'll be fine." And it's like, <laughs> wait a second, Skylar Thompson can't do that. So it's no. kind of hard to do uh, any sports besides the Chiefs at this point. Well, yeah. it's so weird how quick college football here in the Midwest just like just not, not disappeared, but it just degraded so bad. Like Kansas has been awful for, you know, other than that, that brief little bit in 07. Yeah, Kansas so has been years. terrible for, yeah, forever. <laughs> Mizzou, as soon as they went to the SEC, like tanked. Um, I mean, I guess they're, they're bad by SEC standards, which is kind of good everywhere else, I suppose. <laughs> um, and then K-State after Bill Snyder stepped away has not been stellar either. So we're getting there, but it's just not enough to captivate me on a Saturday. I do a lot of more weird shit now. So it's a lot more fun. Mm -mm. Yeah. I've never been a big college football guy. I know plenty of people that have, but like, I'm, I don't know. Part of the whole, they're going to be here for what, two years. And then they're going to go to the league is kind of just like, well, Mm -hmm. I'll just watch them when they make the pros and see whether or not they actually can make it in the pros. So I've definitely, I'm way more of like, um, you know, NFL, NBA, and then a lot of sports talk shows, like not even the ones where it's all analytical. A lot of the sports debate shows, I'm just like, yeah, I will consume the terrible takes. Yes. (laughs) I'm glad somebody does. Yeah. Charles Barkley calling someone an idiot. That's all I'm out for. Dude, the the TNT panel for NBA is so funny. But like, that is like that makes it worth all of it. It's like I'm not oh, a huge yeah. NBA person, but it's like watching it just Barkley making everyone uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and especially with COVID going on, he was the first one like running around being an asshole about it and like coughing on people. I'm uh, like, of course he was. Of course he was. Yeah. Like, it's just it's those kind of like relationships that you grow up watching the athletes and then them turning into. I mean, I can't imagine like watching Terry Bradshaw as a football player like because i've just known him as a commentator for so mm. long it's like that guy either. was deadly ever on the field what no way i could never take him seriously that big ass head of his man he didn't need a helmet 
Like, I know, he's, like he's like a deceivingly large man. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. You got to be big. But like he was really big. Mm-hmm. I like that. Deceivingly large. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he's always of... sitting down or something like that. So, yeah, when you see him interview and like stand up and like interview someone else, he's just like towering over him. Dude, even even before he stopped, even before he stopped wrestling, if you saw him like just standing next to somebody in the ring, you were like, oh, shit, Bradshaw's like a big dude. Oh, wait, <laughs> like Ron a... Bradshaw. <laughs> Are you talking? Oh, yeah. Terry Bradshaw versus. Oh, yeah. John, yeah, I guess John Bradshaw. Justin Layfield Bradshaw. Yeah, John, yeah. Justin Layfield. John Layfield. Justin. Just Jushin Thunder Layfield. <laughs> <laughs> It's his biblical name. <laughs> oh, I want to see that now. Oh, yeah, God. I want to see that. Photoshop, make it happen. If Liger came out in I a cowboy it. hat, that would be, that would be something else. I got to admit, I know we go off the rails pretty quick. I didn't think Terry Bradshaw would be coming up within the first couple of minutes. <laughs> no, of that's a good pull. That's, that's a turn that I was not anticipating whatsoever. It's every time I see him on the NFL morning show, he's always talking about his nude scene in that movie Failure to Launch, where he was <laughs> naked in front of the aquarium. And I'm like, why do you keep talking about this? It's, it's every time I watch him, he's just like, guys, remember when I was naked in that movie? I'm like, <laughs> none of us can forget Terry. He tells it at the Thanksgiving table every year. It's just, it's one of the things he's grateful for. <laughs> that royalty yeah. check keeps coming in. He has a new show now. It's going to be like Terry following Terry Bradshaw and his daughters around. I'm just yeah, like, what? That's That's kind of okay sure have we gotten that <laughs> bored in our lives that we need to know have what we, yeah, I, I, doing? I don't know why but i immediately thought of the chrisleys and i went oh, oh, no. oh. <laughs> you guys it's have weird. to watch some bad reality tv show though it's not just oh like, dude oh, as like, a teenager jersey shore was in my veins every oh, jersey man jersey Mike's like absolutely <laughs> absolutely not you know, the calves are here the shirt before the shirt yeah it's all there I, the yeah i, I uh-huh. Like twelve year old, thirteen year old me was. Like, I was in college, but that's yeah, okay. I'm glad that you were 20s. watching that twelve, thirteen year old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had uh, Flavor of Love was my trashy show to watch. <laughs> just yes, just yeah, just uh, so bad. He couldn't remember any other names, so you just name him like Hoops, New New York <laughs> Hoops. <laughs> he would just name my on the fly. Was the one white girl he called Pumpkin? Pumpkin. <laughs> And she like spat on a girl. Like it was yeah, wild. Yeah, her New York got in. Like, that would be a show to rewatch because we forgot that there was at one point more than 10 women fighting over Flavor Flav. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Like he, like I, I think like it was funny during that's a right. roast, Jeffrey Ross said something like he looked like a skeleton wrapped in duct tape. Like <laughs> they're just ripping on Flavor Flav. Like he just, wow. he's so small and tiny, but like in the show, Flavor of Love, like. These women were losing their minds over this guy, and he was. He was just... at one time with Brigitte Nelson. Yeah, like, Brigitte super, Nelson's like, like, yeah, I should have was... never given you up. <laughs> She's like holding him like a baby. Like it was just. <laughs> it doesn't help that he's got. He wears necklace watches that are bigger than his head. Necklace yeah. watches. That, I love it. Good, it's clocks. Necklace watches. <laughs> clocks. Uh, I love it. I know it's it's the generation though, and I love it. I don't want to call it clocks watches. because I mean. <laughs> It, he's wearing an eye watch on, on the wall they don't go on your neck man <laughs> well flavor made it i work. call it a necklace watch that's gonna be sure. some rapper 50 years from now is gonna be wearing an eye watch you know yeah. it's like super LED. big just a big just a monitor at this point just like that's that's all it's gonna be you can play tetris well, on my shirt screen monitor yeah. <laughs> tape it to their chest and they're just like yeah weirder things have happened obviously yeah 
So if you're following the timeline of the show, we went from Terry Bradshaw to Flavor Flav. It's going to be a good show. Yeah, Welcome. Awesome. So, you know, as, as being someone that's, that has started a podcast network in the middle of a pandemic, which I'm sure is, is savvy business sense. Somebody I'm sure has, has had you on the background. Like one of the first questions I have to ask is like, where's all the money at? I, th- I thought we were all supposed to be rolling in money now. I, know, I keep tweeting like all these things about if you're one of my clients and I call you, you better have be ready for lots of money. And that's true for my clients. Uh, the good news is with the help of, I will not mention her name yet, but it will be a really cool surprise. Um, I've got somebody that knows what they're doing finally, right? Nice. So like, I've got that's always good. That finally, like, I just start businesses. Let's be real. I like will start a media company. And I'm like, I'm a media mogul now. And then I'm like, let me start health and nutrition. I know more than everyone now. And like, it, that's just kind of like the cycle. And that's always been how I have operated. And so when I learned how to uh, breed horses for a living, I became a breeding expert. And I gave myself that title at 19 years old with six months of experience under my belt. So Yes, Dallas. I used to breed horses. Uh, he was very confused there for a second. I've learned uh, so shots. much in five minutes. <laughs> and so, you know, you have these like instincts of let's start something and see what we can do with it. That's what this network is. And with so many people kind of, I mean, I admit myself, like you guys just did a, I think an impromptu mental health episode, but it was still very much needed. You know, creating right now is so difficult, especially during a pandemic. You're like, where am I supposed to hit motivation? Like I already sit on the couch 12 hours a day. Like what, what am I supposed to do? Like finally be like, Hey guys, I'm inspired today. Finally. Like there's so many different like ebbs and flows of creativity that if we can have just a group of people that are consistently creating, like you guys are one of the most consistent shows when I actually like look at the Google drive, it's shocking how that works. But you know, (laughs) starting December 1st, we're going to be announcing that there'll be a talent director. I'm kind of giving a preview of it here to where I'm no longer going to be uploading and doing everything myself. We're going to have a creative director that now edits and puts together intros and commercials and pulls in any voiceover work that you guys want to do. They'll make um segments and they'll make all sorts of different things for you so there's going to be a lot of changes coming up just for the back end so we're all going to be on the discord which i'm really excited about understanding um i've been on discord (laughs) before but never in like a group motivational setting where we're all talking to each other and working slack just wasn't it for us so i mean really what it comes down to with the pandemic is how much you want to communicate so i wanted to bring people on board that i've met before and like worked with before in person so that way they know who I am as a person going into this they're not like well she'll just stay up all the time and just be ready to help us edit whenever and like just I mean there's so many boundaries that I've learned with um communication and really all of media right now is down to a level playing field we all have zoom we we all are supposed to be distancing we're all on the same level for once and if good morning america was using skype in march to get their show done and broadcasting it nationally and everyone was having to deal with hiccups why can't we do that so that was my mentality going into it of course we launched on 420 which is one of my favorite days because 20 is just an even number um, mm-hmm. And that's what I enjoy. So, but like, we just had a very fun precedent. Like when we started out, 
our first six shows were like one was called gutter sluts. Uh, then we had <laughs> yeah. the spoken. I mean, like, and then we had like this Kansas city orchestra group that messaged us out of nowhere and was like, we'd love to be on the network. I'm like, well, go ahead and check it out and see what you think about it first. And the first show on there was gutter sluts. And I'm like, yeah. I don't think they're going to be calling me back. And that's okay. <laughs> because we're not trying to be like something uh, like NPR. I think it's a very neat niche thing where people want calm and they want the voices that that are, uh, I don't know, I feel like they're very soothing and they're very not uh, disruptive. But, you know, we have a Casey hip hop show that randomly has white people news on it and it's Run Your Mouth <laughs> podcast and it's Mad nice. Marlin, you know, talking about what white people are up to. And I'm like, you know what? That's great. And, you know, then we have on the other end, the spoken guys are just ripping each other and creating 40 yard dash uh, contests to come up with. And, you know, it's all just a big collaborative effort. We need more women. I will say that I would like some more women on the network that's been my only complaint this far but you know i think that my background and my personality has been so abrasive over the years it's not that i'm turning heel i'm doing the opposite so i feel like i'm turning face and instead of being this like antagonizing individual where i just go after people i'm like so let's talk about why you feel this way and it's very (laughs) it can be condescending but i'm like i've changed into this person where i don't let things bother me like i used to and i don't take things so goddamn personally and i think when you're creating content that's the first thing you have to do is stop taking it personally you know audio is going to cut out out. the internet's gonna fuck up we're gonna have to do 10 or 15 intros for it to all work out but it's gonna get done at some point if you have the right team together and obviously you two michael and kevin had a, a third counterpart joining you this season mm-hmm. i think it's incredible i think dallas is a great addition it's like you guys have to have some sort of like i don't know he's like the pendulum that can just swing between you guys and be like all right let's have some fun and disrupt things every once in a while but you know we all have a tendency to get really really serious and i think it's great to have people that you can bounce ideas off of that are there to support but they're also there to help you get better and keep going yeah well, and it definitely well said. Um, yes, thank you. <laughs> um, I know I'm. I'm totally. My favorite part of, of the Kansas City Podcast Network is the fact that it is such a diverse uh, collection of voices. And you know, I know we'll, we'll have. I'm sure we'll have more women. I know my wife. You know, who used to do her own podcast. She wants to jump on, um, but of course, she's getting her schooling and stuff finished. So that's a little bit important. 20, you know, 2021. 20, oh, yeah, when she gets, she's got her, you know. Her, everything taken care of there um but yeah i think that's my my favorite part is like there's there's something for everybody you know it's it's not like you know some networks are very niche and they're all their shows are kind of directed to a certain audience and i think it's kind of neat that ours is is your guys is just all politics so i call you guys the politics show of the network you know ben miller in his interview he was ready to go all politics and we were were like well you know maybe we should like calm it down bud it's so funny it's so funny how he started that like guys let's talk about what really matters and then we got so into it and we were like whoa we were joking that's how it goes (laughs) well i I don't have any agenda with today so that's a good start sometimes we we never do that's the thing is i feel like especially with that it was the first time i'd spoken to him in months i i'm pretty sure it's the same for the for mike and kelly so like to have him on and then to have it like be about like, Hey man, like, yeah, wrestling's fun and everything, but this is a real pandemic. And it was like, Oh man, you know, like, yeah, you're right. Shit. (laughs) It was like, yeah, damn. And And he brought a new perspective and a perspective that I hadn't actually thought of as much as he has, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, 
being the perspective of a promoter or somebody who is in a way responsible for their talent and for their fans hosting events during this time with all of these new risks or I guess different risks. And so it just kind of happened to be this thing that ended up being, you know, a good unique thing that was brought to that episode that day. And, you know, I think us kind of having that cavalier gung ho, like, well, let's see what happens. And it kind of just works out that way for the most part. At least it has so far. Which one of us has that voice? He's just throwing me under the bus. I've got the high pitched voice. I'm like, hey, that's fair. Hey guys. Hey. And for us, it was, it was a little bit of an adjustment because I know, you know, Gat and I had, had, which I mean, we've been friends for years and we had talked before, you know, we, we came onto the network. Um, We had these big grandiose plans, especially kind of alongside journey pro of doing a lot of these live events. It was like you and I just talked like right before the pandemic. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, there was all this stuff we we had had planned and then the the pandemic hits. It's like, Oh shit, what are we gonna do for like a new show on a new network with like no wrestling going on? So um, that was, and, and I'll give, you know, Kevin and Dallas credit. They were the ones that were like, fuck it. We'll just talk about, you know, music. We'll talk about other stuff. Like I, I was the one that was, had kind of put us, you know, our previous show in a box of being like, wrestling only mm-hmm. and i think sometimes that got a little stale uh so the the new network gave it with gave us a chance to just kind of just lay everything out on the table and just do what we wanted to do but but the cool part is is like you empower us to do that like for you it's just fucking make the content i don't care what you guys do just do it no i so, do care about what you guys do surprisingly enough i will never hold you back Absolutely i don't not. think we're gonna create any type of content that would get um that would be i don't want to say controversial well yeah controversial or um we're not gonna piss people off i don't think that's our mo- that's not our motivation we want everybody to kind of listen to us and have a good time Except racism, we, we, we do want to piss off racists. Yeah, yeah. No, we can piss <laughs> off racists. Like, I got that's, this. Yeah, yeah. that's it's, it though. It's like cool. no matter what you're doing and during this time, if you're simply creating, you're doing more than other people are because creating is one of the most difficult things you can do when you don't have a lot going on. But luckily now there's more and more stuff going on. But like. I, there were times I, I I was on regular FCC regulated radio and I'm like, this is slowly killing me because I could not say the things that I wanted to say. They were having me like 2016, 2017. I was so caught up in the empowerment, like female empowerment movement that I would blindly support women just because they're a woman and like didn't do any research on people, which is dangerous, by the way. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, so I fully support any person, place or thing getting out there and putting themselves out there. I, you know, the, the Rogan deal with Spotify, I think put a lot of people under questions of what you can talk about on platforms. Um, Rogan has kind of invited some really questionable people on, but those people like Alex Jones has been on the same podcast, like drinking bros that I've been on. So am I a questionable person? Because I was also on drinking bros probably. Um, but you know, you have those moments where you're just like, if everything around me is cancel culture and I've had to step back multiple times, Mike and I have had conversations where it's like, 
if I bring this into my network, what am I also inviting? So by us not having the FCC, yeah, I can smoke weed on camera. That's great. But will my sponsors be okay with that? You know, there's always somebody in the background saying like, "Eh, let's be careful here because once you get money involved, which is the initial question, I believe you Mm -hmm. have to start catering to different people. So right now, Um, I've had the overhead as low as humanly possible. It's all been kind of a labor of love for me, any equipment, anything like that. We've all been operating completely free because I've just been using the stuff that I have, which like today I had, like, I have two boards that don't have power plugins. So I'm like, well, I've got a USB microphone somewhere. So I'm going to (laughs) go find all these cords. I was out in my garage just looking around for stuff, but it's like when you've gotten, I think it's been six years now since I started podcasting and I started three years too early, I would say. Um, Now, if you do the podcasting marketing right, you start out with a show that has a built-in brand audience, everything from the get-go. You have it planned out. You have your seasons. You have how many episodes you do. It's basically like a pilot of a TV show. All the great podcasts are doing that. So it's like, if I can help people that are doing it on a micro scale, and especially in a city that I love already, and I have no intentions of leaving anytime soon, um, it would have to take like Bob Huggins inviting me to be his assistant head coach at West. Virginia um, for me to leave Kansas City and that I mean I feel like it's saying a lot so I don't think that's gonna happen but uh it's not even like a marriage that would take me away too which I think is best I'm like no 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 a husband would have to just live wherever he lives Bob Huggins asked me to be a (laughs) I'm out I'm fucking gone like that's the only time you guys are gonna get rid of me this is my future this is what I plan on doing here and the money is kind of like I've always thought of money as like, yeah, it's there if I need it. And so when I can finally go forth and sell this network, it's going to be when I fully believe in it, which is now. And it's finally got to where we have 14 shows. And it's like, this is a no brainer. You guys like create the content so easily. And it's not anything I have to regulate. I tune in and I'm like, what are these guys up to now? And it's always a damn good time. So I'd say keep going. And like, if anybody worries about not sticking to script, uh, Mike, uh, you just tell them that, hey, at least we're doing it right. You still got this. You fill it up. There's no dead air. No yeah. dead air. It's just tr- Dallas breaking the internet, and we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, yeah, that's that's a little too much credit now. Like, I can say a lot of stupid shit, but breaking the internet, I do not have that power. I'm not there yet, okay? Breaking I doubt I'd ever internet. get there. there but, yeah, he breaks his own internet. <laughs> I'll break my internet. That's easy. <laughs> it's baby steps. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. So, it's viral content, yeah. you guys. Mm-hmm. For uh, sure. I personally, man, it's so, it's almost crazy to me hearing somebody talk like that because that's all I've ever wanted, if that makes sense. Because like, obviously at this stage of my career where in profession, from a professional wrestling standpoint, wrestling can't pay my bills. Uh, wrestling can't help me, you know, like live on my own or take care of myself or, you know, if Wrestling an emergency your ass up for you. and I have to, you know, take care of myself and I have to cover mm-hmm. some expenses. Um, wrestling's not going to put me in a position to do that. So, and I am also somebody who is not necessarily motivated by like, okay, let me just make a bunch of money. So I would rather do stuff that I actually care about doing that. I'm good at doing that. I want to get better at doing so that I can do it for a long amount of time. I'm not somebody that wants to just get into a job and then move to the next one because, oh, it pays more or whatever. Mm -hmm. So as a creative person and as somebody that has always been into, um, you know, media and into kind of the entertainment sphere um, 
and also coming from somewhere where there's not a whole lot of people that are also that are knowledgeable in that sphere that you that can kind of help you get to a point where you can contribute to that sphere um it's really refreshing to hear that kind of talk again because man uh there were like even way back when i was you know in school i kind of knew that that was what I was into and that was where I was going to try to go. And there was nobody else like that. There was nobody else that was like trying to make it in that, um, you know, in that Avenue of life. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me to be able to talk to people who are, you know, creatively, um, kind of, they have that creative lens. They're creatively inclined, not that, and you know, anybody isn't, but in, you know, in the same way, Mm -hmm. with this in this sphere um and kind of being where i at where i am in my career and in my life knowing that that's the stuff that like even during a pandemic that stuff can happen that stuff is possible you just got to keep kind of plugging away at it you got to keep grinding you got to keep thinking of ways to kind of get yourself started and build that momentum Mm -hmm. uh it's very good for me on a personal level (laughs) So this you is would, a you nice... would absolutely love Kingston too. Kingston has a podcast on our network called The Voice of the Fandom, um, Voice of the Fandom. Yeah, and he was a former semi-pro wrestler, and he's up in Omaha now. And so he's like doesn't have a laptop, but he creates and edits all of his own audio on his iPad. He mixes it all together. His show's live every Tuesday and Thursday at eleven a.m. Like he kills it, and it's like I don't have to give any direction, so. And then when Kevin picked up the video editing and now it's like, there's a fucking explosion happening on your like intro. I'm like, what is going on here? This is amazing. Like things like that. It's all about like, if you, I mean, the pen is always going to be mightier than the sword, you know, like we can always sit around and like a bunch of people can go stab each other or they can write about their differences and write about their version of their truth. And I think that's the most healing thing you could possibly do is share your story. And so when all these people go around and they don't have their story being shared, they have a chip on their shoulder when they have a chip on their shoulder they feel like they're not getting the the appreciation or you know guys like i mean to bring it back a hundred percent into something about me which is what i'm really great at uh, i will go ahead and bring up kamala and kamala not the fucking vice president whatever we have going on situation with the election but james kamala harris was the first introduction i had to life outside the ring that wasn't all glitz and glamour you know i saw guys uh met macho man in an elevator and he's fully decked out looks great he's got two strippers with him whatever but then you see kamala and the first time i meet kamala he's like he's missing two legs he's in the oxford uh hospital because he once again has been forgotten by the people that had him booking headliners madison square garden so it all comes down and if you are not taking care of your creatives i look at it as as it with people right now we've gone through this pandemic we're still going through it there's going to be a lot of time there's going to be a lot of death there's going to be a lot of struggle there's going to be a lot of dark times what do we do afterwards it's going to be a renaissance of creatives and historically it will be so if we can get out ahead of that and invest in the artists and, and by investing in the artists we invest in art we're basically investing back into what has kept us entertained the whole time um, because let's be real wrestling doesn't pay the bills for anyone until you get on that level where you're untouchable and that's really hard to do in this day and age but I think you guys have seen AEW bring out some well, I guess for lack of better terms I know that your audience gets it but like almost like they took the JV squad and put them on varsity level and just gave them free reign and said hey 
these people know what they're doing. Give them the time and the space to be themselves. Um, mm -hmm. Give them the backing. Give them the comfort of knowing if, hey, if you break a bone, you can go to the hospital and get it fixed. It's okay, guys. But like operating from a place of scarcity is what so many creatives have been doing from day one. And, and it's so I've seen it run somebody into the ground i've seen it uh, inspire people to get better i've seen people take it with whatever way they do but no matter what if you give somebody the tools to get out of where they are and to help them do better that's all i care about at the end of the day yeah well said well, and to be fair I, I i was just giving shit about the money thing like i know oh, no we, we, we all need got to address it at some point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no it's just like that's that my favorite part of this is i think it's a lot of um, not necessarily like-minded people, but like you said, vo like voices from our, our community, mm -hmm. um, getting together that like, that's the common thread is like, you know, we, we have people on the network who don't even live here anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like you said, you've got one guy in Omaha, we've got, um, uh, yeah. Cause Rob, Joe, uh, the gutter sluts is out in California. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you've got Joe down and is he in Alabama? He's in Alabama yeah. as much as he don't think he wants to tell you that he's in Alabama. Right. So, <laughs> but it's, it's cool. There's a common thread between all of And I, I think what will happen is that if, if all of us are kind of, you know, rowing in the same direction, like we'll get to where we want to get to before we even yep. realize it so yep. mm -hmm. um, no, I'm, I'm here for the money though because i think that's something that not a lot of people talk about and as much as i don't want to like name drop this uh mike and i had some conversations earlier this i think summer when I kevin think it was when kevin keatsman was uh emailing me and i publicly went on twitter i said good morning to everyone except the person the demons being summoned to my inbox and I took a screenshot of it and I could have swore it was the day after I put my email address in my Twitter profile. Um, I said, email my boss. And I like put my email address in there because I'm being a dick. <laughs> and I get this email from Kevin Keatsman and I'm like, whoever did this, it's really funny. Um, I appreciate you. But I just said, this is a joke. Like, good job. And so he's like, no, I, this is not a joke. Uh, could you email me back? I just need some help with audacity. I'm like, you spent 23 years in sports radio and you don't know how to edit your own shit. And he's like, I, no, funny story. I don't. And I was like, oh, this really is. <laughs> so having those kind of humble conversations where it's like this guy that I've been making fun of for years and I didn't really like that much is now coming to me because he googled us and found Kansas City Podcast Network and was like oh shit maybe this person could help and he, I was like Kevin you do realize we worked together for almost a year like it's me and he's like <laughs> oh yeah and I was like it, it was a weird weird circumstance but to have somebody of Kevin Keatsman's stature come and ask me for help um, was a very humbling moment and I of course immediately took to Twitter about it versus actually <laughs> understanding the gravity of it but you know Mike flat out said he's like so is this mean he's like gonna join the network and I'm like no absolutely not at this time I can't take liabilities like that because what if we get this great advertiser that's like we like everything about what you're doing except this one show and that would really and truly make me question all right everything else is great except this one we got to talk and so yeah. i don't want to put anyone in that position and so until we have uh advertisers that are totally okay with what we do all the time across the board and we're not gonna have to change who we are completely and there are people like that um you know we're gonna have a slow matriculation of sponsors but it's like at this point we're gonna be using kansas city as kind of our podcast network too because i have no plans at a dedicated studio um which is 
totally different than what I thought at the beginning of the summer. Yeah. Now we're going to be using basically Kansas City in general as our studio. So we have the wireless, uh, we have the remote set up, we have everything ready to go for that. We can just start going to different venues. So there's going to be different venues that are distance. Um, people are doing live podcasts at Riot Room. They've been doing them at Midland Theater. Before the pandemic, it was like 3,000 people sold out. That's obviously not going to happen. But even if you have 10 people come out, to watch you guys do a live podcast they can jump in and obviously this will be when things clear up and when everyone's health mm-hmm. is like 100 percent. but it's like these are the options that we have because like kansas city is kind of technically our playground at this point and there's not everybody doing this the fcc can't regulate us so that's where i see a lot of our future stuff going and so if there are live events that start happening and you guys feel comfortable going like we are fully capable of doing that so you know, the sky's the limit there. We can get you guys out of the uh, the home recording office, even though it is fun. Mm-hmm. I definitely enjoy it, but I know it could be a lot more fun to be around people and be a little bit more energized by it all. Yeah, and that's definitely our hope going, you know, eventually when local promotions kind of open back up and, and, and we can do more, like, in a live setting like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say a little bit of backstory on, on the, the Kevin thing. Um, for, for those in our audience who don't know, um, Kevin Keatsman was a local, um, shock jock. I don't know. I he's mean, a, he's a sports, yeah. sports radio host for, for an AM network. Um, and shock as, as 10, as older white guys in media tend to do, he got to a point where he, to try and build his audience, he would try to just stay the stupidest, most obnoxious hot take type stuff that he That's could like just to get yeah. yeah. Well, okay. That's what I know. Like the Chicago Skip Bayless, you're you're calling cowherd types, just the most ridiculous stuff, just to get a reaction out of people. And you know, I when I I texted Gad about that, I was joking because I think she'd li- he'd he'd liked a tweet or something, or or you'd liked one of his or something, and and I just was kind of facetious and joking about it because I don't agree with some of the stuff that he said and, and some of the stances he's took. Um, so I was just kind of half joking about it, but then when she had mentioned like, no, he's really reaching out for just help or whatever. Yeah. My favorite part of that interaction was that like, I got nervous because I felt like I may have overstepped my bounds in trying to tell the woman who's running our podcast who shouldn't, shouldn't be on the network, which was (laughs) not my intention, but it, it was kind of me saying casually saying like, I don't agree with what this guy does. So that does kind of make me uncomfortable. So that was me, you know, I kind of stepped outside my boundaries a little bit, but got to her credit, rather than being like, stay in your lane, you know, she took my concerns to heart and, and said, you know, no, we're not doing that. And even if I was thinking about it, you know, I would, we would discuss that. Like, and that was, that was something that made me feel a little bit better about our place in the the network. Like, (laughs) yes, we're a show. Yes, we just do content, but we, you know, I don't take credit for anything anywhere. You know, or, or we as a show don't take credit for where the network's going. We're just, we're one of the wheels, you know, driving it forward. But at the same time, I feel better knowing that if I do have a concern about another show or another show has a concern about us, we can all like talk about it. It's not just you, you know, kind of going the Vince McMahon route of like, this is the way we're going to do it. Yeah. And we're, you're just going to like it. Oh so, God. I could never like that man has ruined so many talented people. Oh God. But no, no Vince, but that's it though. It's like, we, we have those, 
opening. So it's like, I think in the future and when we announce a little bit more in 2021, uh, you're going to see that this is going to be a majority talent owned company moving forward. So that's kind of going to be the really uh, thing that kind of brings us to the next level compared to like working. Yeah. You can go put your uh, podcast on six tens podcast network, whatever. That's great. You're going to get a lot of exposure. You're going to get a lot of people, whatever that are just breezing by there, because you're not going to get like the organic and like created audience that we have built in. Cause the people that are like starting with key city podcast network are people like we might only get like 45 to a hundred listens per episode on some brand new podcast, but that's 45 to a hundred people that are dedicated listeners of the network already Mm -hmm. they're going to just completely and totally want to support you guys too for being a part of it so it's like when people come to me with concerns yeah three years ago i would have been like go fuck yourself (laughs) Uh, now i'm like valid point let's see where we can go with this because I don't want it to be like Kevin Keatsman and 20 people that don't like him that are all in a network. It's not fun. It's not fun. So uh, having then you more got that one people, guy in the office that you're like, Oh yeah. great. And it might be, we might just have Kevin as our Kevin Keatsman. I don't know. Maybe everyone's like, God damn it. Oh no. Kevin <laughs> is too darn lovable. He has too much. <laughs> Look at him, darn he's like, beard. What? I don't even like every time I hear Kev, like the word Kevin, I was like, what did I do? Like, dude, I don't do know that? what this Kevin <laughs> Keatsman dude. Nothing. You're an angel. I'm not <laughs> talking about you. I promise. Yeah, you're Kevin WKK. <laughs> slider technically i would argue that our kevin has a greater reach like an international reach that Kisman didn't have (laughs) granted that was before he said some really stupid shit but uh yeah you know kevin kevin's like known with like world renowned yeah kevin's a famous underwear model on youtube we've discussed this it's established on the pod i'm here for it bring it back bring it back i gotta get back in my pre-quarantine body before i do that what what if we got kcp and underwear you guys have to model it now it's like hey everyone i mean i've done what i wear in front of hundreds of people anyway (laughs) you know that's what i always have to wonder it's like the wrestlers like I loved wrestling so much, but like I've obviously for to be a female wrestler, you have to be in a little bit better shape. But I was like, that could be fun. And then I'm like being naked in front of that many people, like not just naked, but like naked in like your body parts flying through the air. <laughs> yeah, there's movement. Only specific body parts, though. <laughs> Very specific. Like but- maybe a tibia goes over the top rope. Eventually, <laughs> you see a nose lying on the floor. You're just like, oh, yeah, I didn't need that extra rib or whatever. No, I'm didn't good. Need that one. I love it. <laughs> Only body parts, never the whole thing. Just a good start. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do the full like jumpsuit, you're you're empowered to wear what you want to wear in the ring. Like, I mean, it's... I mean, yeah, like especially now, wrestling is more just kind of like doing whatever you kind of want. <laughs> like yeah. there's um, there's some people that like want to be more traditional or kind of want to pay homage to the history of wrestling and, you know, stick to kind of that kind of thing. There's some people that want to try to bring in new stuff that's never been uh, brought into wrestling in whatever way they're trying to integrate it before. Um, and a lot of that comes through with presentation. Like me personally, I still enjoy the athletic um uh, sport oriented you know professional wrestler mindset as much as i do the um performing and the storytelling and the entertainment so i do still kind of when i am considering my presentation and when uh ben miller was on here he and i talked about it a little bit about uh how much i 
worked with him on my presentation and the ideas that I had and like a bunch of things that we would try um, in that first year of me kind of learning what the, what the identity of, of Dallas Cade was as a performer um, and as a quote unquote gimmick. Um, if you want to use that word, I know that that word in wrestling is like, Oh, it's got to have a gimmick or, Oh, I hate these stupid gimmicks. <laughs> Shut up. Marks. Oh, um, anyway, <laughs> um, what I mean back to my point is like, um, it, and, and it applies to brands too. It, it applies to any product you're trying to sell or put out there or produce is like your presentation is crucial and your presentation can be literally whatever you want it to be. So um, my presentation is different than what Mike's presentation of the same thing might be. So Mm -hmm. uh, it goes on and on and on. And I think if you wanted to wear a head to toe suit of uh, night armor with body parts glued to it, then you go right ahead. Yeah, because I feel like it's like you either get bikini or you are just like China where you look like you're going to eat somebody Well, alive. I think the WWE definitely has created that idea. Uh, mm-hmm. But anywhere else you will see, oh, that's not so much the case. I just want to wear an Elvis suit and beat the shit out of people. It's a great I idea. I can do it. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, the, yeah that or like, like a NASCAR jumpsuit because then you Absolutely. Like they the, can't catch on fire. And you can do all sorts of brands. You know, that's what I'm that's what I'm I had that idea too. There was a time where I was like, you know what? I'll just get sponsors as a wrestler and I'll put sponsors on my trunks and I'll just have like the Starbucks logo on my junk. Like totally. Why not? Goldenpalace.com written on your back. Yes. (laughs) See, I think you could do it because like, you know, Brock Lesnar came out with the Jimmy John's trunks. I thought he was such a piece of shit for doing it. I think that's more because I hate hate Jimmy John's uh, and B, it's just it just didn't look right on Brock. It's just a weird look. Brock yeah. is so weird in general. I just I'm not like, going to tell Brock imagine. what to do, Mike. So yeah. eh, you know, I, you know. I mean, <laughs> you if go I'm right on go, ahead. Yeah, good if luck. I, if that's the way I'm going to go. I guess that's the way. I'm Maybe gonna on go. a Zoom call, I'll tell him, what, but not in person. <laughs> he would just show up eight hours later, like I'm going to kill you now. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I have my VPN up. I'll make sure I like set you another country so he doesn't know where I live. <laughs> Send him to somebody you don't like's house. Yeah, plus he would totally. He'd be like the one man SWAT videos. Where, like, you know how streamers used to get swatted by dickheads on the internet or whatever? It would not be a SWAT team. It would just be Brock. And he'd be doing the voice crack scream from ringside. Just, yeah! Oh, oh God. Your entire that, get, world. that gave me goosebumps. I'm like, oh, God, not that thing. <laughs> not again. You could kind of wreak havoc in the Midwest and killing people with F5s, and people would just think it's like a tornado issue. You're not wrong. More than anything. So That's why could, we can do, like, missile track. testing out here, and there's, like, space stuff going on in Jesus. Kansas all the time. It's cool. Exactly. I've gotten, that's the thing. It's like the pandemic. Like I've gotten more and more weird to the point where I have like re-upped my subscription to WWE Network and started watching all the old shit from back in the day. Mm-hmm. I follow this one account called No Context Flare on yeah. Twitter, and <laughs> yeah. he just followed me back, and I was like, "This is a big deal." Um, one of my clients is going to like Ric Flair's. Uh, it was this charity thing where he, they're going to be his personal guests for uh, WrestleMania this year. Oh wow! Like it's just 
So I know that there's like a lot of really cool things like lining up. I'm like, first of all, a, a Twitter follow back from No Context Flare is not that exciting, but they do post a lot of like old 90s clips on Instagram, like their IGTV. So I've turned into one of those people that watches IGTV for fucking wrestling shit. Like, really? That's what I'm doing with my life? So it's like, I'm in, either into space, spirituality, or 90s and 80s wrestling. That's where I'm at during the pandemic. I've been, yeah. 2020 has made me really contemplate spirituality. If we want to jump down that, oh, let's fucking go. But like, yeah, I um, (laughs) that's whenever people would talk about like, why would you still be on the network or whatever? Like, why are you giving them your money? I'm like, all right, I understand, you know, now. But here's the thing. 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, they were pumping out some really good shit. And now that they have like other companies, like they have every pay-per-view from NWA ever pretty much. It's like, oh, I will watch the Flare Steamboat trilogy until I die. You know, like it what else doesn't do matter you need how to many watch? times I like, see it, just keep injecting it to my veins. Just, just, just watch wrestling. That's it. Exactly. And mm-hmm. it's like I can pick whatever I want to study, you know, if I'm trying to study or watch for new things to integrate into my you know, in ring work, if I'm watching just for funsies, or if I want to, you know, kind of learn about different um, production techniques, I guess, um, in terms of like how they, how they present their, their product or whatever, I can look for different companies or different time periods to be like, all right, so in this, like at this time, this was really big, or this is what they were doing. And you can kind of see how it, integrates and how it moves along so there's like there's educational purposes to it too there's more to the network than just watching the most recent pay-per-view right um but yeah i totally in 2020 i have jumped uh more into like spirituality than i ever have before and it's because of a children's show if i'm gonna be honest it's because of a children's show what children's show is this avatar the last airbender (laughs) in my veins kevin has seen how much i tweet about this show a lot like yeah i have watched it okay so when did they put it on netflix like for, uh in like last year may april or was it this year okay it was yeah it was mid it was like uh it was after or before lockdown ended and i was like okay and like it was from 2005 or six i think and so that was like my childhood so i was like all right i'm watching this and I've watched it five times through since they put it on Netflix. <laughs> yes. I have jumped into the Avatar TikTok. I have jumped into like the um, – I got a Pinterest specifically to look up stuff having to do with Avatar and just to so like, what you're learn saying more is you don't about... have a girlfriend. Uh... I do, and she thinks <laughs> I'm insane. She thinks I have an unhealthy obsession. I thought she was I on the Avatar why. train with you. Hmm? I thought she was on the Avatar train with you. She watched the show with me the first time through because oh, she okay. seen it. And she was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is really good. And then I was like, oh, no. I, no, but I'm you have to keep, watch it. I'm going to keep watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep doing it. Sequential show. order. <laughs> yeah, we watched through the entire series. We watched through the entire sequel series that they did. Did you watch um, the M. Night Shyamalan Sham- no, movie? No, that because that's garbage. That's okay. a disrespect. But, um, yeah, I'm learning she's... so much about the airbender. So what about it, though, is so spiritual? Because I just, yeah, I was a waiting cartoon. For... So 
It's. Uh, I'm really happy that you have a Pinterest, though. That's exciting. I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm gonna do a really bad job at explaining it, but okay. Um, so it's a children's show, but so you're they so integrate so some really adult themes so into it, like. Uh, it's kind of it has a lot of Eastern influence. I get in terms of like cultures. Um, it has a lot of like. Um, I, mm, uh, they definitely there's a there's a guru who has to teach the avatar about unlocking his chakras to reach his fullest potential. Yep. Or like because he has to save the world and stuff. Um, there's. There's a whole thing about how the Fire Nation, which is like the main bad guy, is a analogy for America and how like uh, propaganda is a thing and, you know, manipulating an entire generation of your country's people to think a certain way or to feel a certain way or to operate a certain way because that benefits, you know, their leaders and stuff like that. There's... It's just, oh man, I can't even get into it. The the character growth, it has the best redemption arc of any show, of any medium ever. All right. And it's, dude, I can't recommend it enough to anybody. There's three freaking seasons. It's Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix. It's so good. I love it. And I love yeah. your I love your excitement for it because I think there's something for everybody that gets them into either exactly. believing something or not believing it anymore. There's always it made like that me ask time. myself a lot of questions that I hadn't asked myself yet. Like anything that I related to that was happening in the show, I was kind of like, why do I feel so strongly about what's happening to these fictitious characters in this fictitious world? Mm-hmm. And uh, why is it relatable to me? And why do I feel sympathy and stuff like? And it's it's the same questions I ask myself about pretty much anything I get. Like it's why I've been such a big movie buff my entire life. And it's why I always get really trepidatious if I try to watch a new show because I will obsess over it until I complete it. And then I will be like, oh, my God, it's changed my life. Um, it's and- a children's show, but wait, there's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> for it. sure. And um, it like in my own like I would Google stuff and it would pull up where these different inspirations for um, characters or the world building, which is amazing in that show. And some of the stuff that they, some of the ideas that the creators and the writers got, and it would, a lot, a lot of it would be like Eastern culture or um, Eastern kind of philosophy or philosophy in general. Some of it, some of it is Western um, for better, but you know, good and bad. It's like a very three dimensional kind of, it's, it's so crazy how the show is better if you're older. Like now, like as a kid, it was great because it was super cool. Um, as an adult, it was like, oh my God, this is like real. Like I, I watch and you'll see it everywhere. If you look for people that post about it, they're like, this was a kid's show. And like, I'm sitting here at like 22 years old and I'm crying and it's like, you know, and the people get that same thing over like star Wars or Harry Potter or whatever, or the Cubs so winning like, in 2016. Well, the Royals they, winning to get it over sports, <laughs> get it over sports. Sports so definitely like, happens. It's one of. And it's just one of those things that, you know, one of those things that I'm into, um, but it's also kind of introduced this aspect to me that I haven't really considered that much before. 
It's definitely important. I don't know if uh, Mike or Kevin have gone through any spiritual awakenings during the pandemic. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, far but you, it's you know, brought an awareness to me. I got Kevin to watch Letterkenny. So now we both worship Letterkenny. So that's a spiritual awakening on some level. That's I mean, that's, yeah. that's I've heard a lot about Letterkenny. I watched. I was forced to watch Letterkenny. I love Trailer Park Boys. So they're like, if you love Trailer Park Boys, you're gonna love Letterkenny. I'm like, I hated this. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I want Bubbles and I want Julian and I yeah. want Ricky and that's it. So it was hard for me to like. I don't know. I get one Canadian humor. I think. How much? Wait. How far into it did you I get? Say, how far did you get into it? Like five episodes, but the first season's kind of shit. If I have to watch an entire fucking season to get okay. through something, it's a, it's a for Canadian. It to be funny. It's like six episodes. If you could sit through Parks and Rec's first season. You could sit through yeah. anything. Yeah, exactly. Mark Brand Brandanowitz was the worst and the like most pointless character. Yeah, Brandanowitz. Exactly. So people talk about Letterkenny and Trailer Park Boys. Why do they also talk about The Office versus Parks and Rec? As somebody who has watched none of those four shows, I'm just kind of like. That's incredible. I know. Uh, my oh sister. Man. It was I've shot the same episodes way. of The Office because my sister has watched the entire series yeah. like 12 times. But because, like, okay, I've, just like what you had with The Last Airbender. So I'm, it's like 2008. I'd never seen The Office before. I was like, I was working in Scottsdale, Arizona. I started watching this and I was like, wow, these people really care about each other. And I'm like, maybe I want to go work in an office. This is great. But like making the mundane and everyday bullshit, making that interesting Mm -hmm. is an art form. And so what they did was basically create storylines and keep up what most people would think is a very like ho-hum kind of documentary or like thing to do. They made it into intense personal relationships. They told stories, they told the lessons, but like Parks and Rec did it on a level with uh better audio and video i guess that's yeah. all that i could really well, i mean more yeah, on location class. yeah on location yeah it wasn't just one uh office building set yeah and like some the, shaky documentary style cameras yeah Man, the can, mockumentary I style i love that that okay. to me was that to me um what other made it very are there though besides it, like it made office. it very like immersive and it kind of added to the humor and some of the things that they were allowed to do and That's the true. techniques that they got away with was because they had it under this certain premise. Hmm. Um, that movie think, Drop Dead Gorgeous with uh, yeah. Kirstie Alley, That's that was good. mockumentary. Yeah, I was like mm-hmm. trying to think of other ones besides Modern Family. Oh, I think okay. is Modern yeah, Family but, is very um, mockumentary. What we do in the they, dark you know, with the what, vampires. What we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. There you go. Yeah. The Tiki with TV. Yeah. So. I'm trying to get my dog to come over here. Tula, come here. Watch a lot of TV. Uh, yeah. My, um, I've seen pictures gonna, of Tula. Like, yeah. my, theater, my theater kid history, to get into that a little Uh-oh, bit. Oh, theater kid. Yeah, I know. My um, my theater teacher was very unorthodox, like super good at introducing creative ways to kind of um, do things on, a, on the theater spectrum and in that medium. Uh, so we like – my my class and I guess my generation is really into the big revival of Friends, right? So all of the other the kids worst loved TV Friends. show. Again, never watched Friends, but like everyone around me was like, "Oh my god, I love Friends!" So um, our director was like, "Hey, we're gonna do a um, like we're gonna do a Friends spoof, and <laughs> we're gonna do it where." They're not watching an episode of Friends. They're watching us film an episode of Friends as the studio audience. So they he got like an old school studio camera 
and it would be it, they would roll it around on stage and there was monitors on either side of the stage and he had me play an actor that was playing Joey. So I wasn't playing Joey Tribbiani. I wasn't playing uh, Matt LeBlanc. I was playing this made-up actor playing a made-up role played by a real-life actor. And, like, we, the acting didn't stop whenever they would yell cut. We would have to, like, keep acting. Um, so, and then they had these, we did these pre-tapes of, like, interviews where, like, I had really big beef with the actor that played Ross or something because he was the diva of the cast. And True story. Um, we did, <laughs> yeah. And we did, we did a bunch of silly stuff like that. And I was like, man, it, it like doing my research for that role. It made me like, I watched a couple episodes of friends. I watched a couple things about mockumentary and the style and the delivery of the, like of that kind of technique. And I was like, man, this is really funny. So, I dig it. That's a that's a little backstory. On, yeah, you're, on, you're on theater, theater kid, teacher, Dallas. Sounds like he was taking a lot of drugs, but that's okay. Oh, he <laughs> came from L.A. <laughs> oh yeah, he's like, he was hey a guys, talent agent in L.A. Kids have a range where they are acting, but they're not acting, but they are still acting, yeah, and we're gonna tie it all together. Like that's like some intense, shit. right? Was there a spinning top anywhere? Yeah, right. (laughs) Was it M Night Shyamalan? Is that is that so? You have a beef with him? That's why you won't watch Avatar. Uh, (laughs) What if we said Avatar? The last I have a beef with M Night Shyamalan for ruining Avatar as a live action movie. That movie is terrible. You weren't mad at him before that. Well, yeah. see, have, you seen, have you seen Sixth Sense? <laughs> I've been I, angry yeah. with that man since day one. So I've—I mean, I've never been crazy about M Night Shyamalan, but after that, I was like, nope, we're done. One of my your, yeah, uh, I was gonna say, when did you get first tired of him? Well, Come I mean, I haven't exactly watched his entire body of work, but I think <laughs> or really any of it. But yeah, one, I celebrate his collection. He was—he is a really big <laughs> meme to like my parents and the other adults around me as a child. So I was like, man, this guy must really suck. And then I saw like a couple of his movies, I think, and I was like, yeah, I kind of get it. So then um, <laughs> I was—I was super excited for them to do a live-action movie of Avatar. And I was like, it's kind of weird that they're going to take the whole first season and put it in a movie, but whatever. Mm. And then I heard M. Night Shyamalan was doing it, and I was like, never mind. Oh, boy. I was like, well, give it a try. And I watched <laughs> it, and I was like, oh, brother. I was uh, not so to mad. mention the whitewashing. Oh, I was God. so mad after we were, uh, we had some friends over to, and watched Unbreakable back when it was like oh, new. Yeah. Um, and the movie was done, and I popped the DVD out, snapped it in half, and said, huh, guess not. And then somebody was like, why did you do that? We rented yeah. it from Blockbuster. We have to take that back. He's like, I'll <laughs> give you $40. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, awesome. it was like a used copy of it. Uh, I know I was, somebody that that's super so into hard. Unbreakable, too. Oh, God. My I, favorite... I, likes, it, not super into it, but likes Unbreakable and likes like the Dr. Glass and whatever stuff. <sighs> My favorite theater moment was... Uh, it was in a packed theater. I think we were seeing like Scott Pilgrim or something. And the trailer for Devil showed up. And it didn't say anything about M. Night Shyamalan until the end. So the crowd's getting into it. They're seeing these people stuck in an elevator. They're seeing all this stuff going down. And the crowd's like sold out, sold out room. And as soon as it says M. Night Shyamalan, the whole crowd goes, ah. And then they, everyone laughs afterwards. And they realize they all felt the same way. <laughs> That's incredible. That's yeah. awesome. It was it was surreal. 
So if you take anything away from this episode, uh, just know that M, M. Night Shyamalan sucks. Like, yep. really and Terry Bradshaw really got naked in, uh, in uh, fail, to, yeah. fail to Send or whatever. Fail, uh, failure to Launch. Failure to Launch. Flavor Flav wears neck watches. <laughs> Which I always thought they were large, but then when you find out how small he is, he's just wearing normal size clocks. Yeah, it was like yeah. the wall, cl- like wall clocks, like the ones. Yeah, yeah because store. I see a clock on the wall and I go, I'm going to put it around my neck. <laughs> he wears the start. clock so you can know the time. You know, if you would do it, you would have a TV show someday. That's that's the way this works. This is true. Oh God! Just join Public Enemy. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. What's Chuck that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was it was really nice playing Tony Hawk the other day and hearing Bring the Noise. Hell yeah! Oh. I just just took me back. That Tony yeah. Hawk. I love the undercover Tony Hawk stories when people come up to Tony Hawk and they're like, you look just like Tony Hawk, man. He's like, yeah, I get that a lot. Or they'll be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, you look like Tony Hawk, but you bet you suck at skating. He's like, yeah, I sure do. Like, I mean, just like things that like just they randomly say shit about Tony Hawk to Tony Hawk. I'm like, would I, <laughs> I love that Tony Hawk? I feel That's like a certain, I would. He's pretty. That's like a special yeah. kind of celebrity where you can go around being Tony Hawk and people are like, oh, you look like Tony Hawk. Uh, your name is no the same idea. as that famous guy. <laughs> For whatever, it kind of just goes, whew. Tony Hawk came to my GameStop once when I, was, uh, when I was running the one in uh, Roland Park. Um, really? They were, in, they were in Kansas City for some... It was sponsored by Sprint. It was some sort of like um, skate event. I think they were doing down by this when it was the Sprint Center. I think it was wow. downtown. Um, That's back cool. when it was the Sprint Center. <laughs> I know, right? Ew, I forgot Center. that it wasn't. That was yeah, the T-Mobile Center. Mobile Center. Yeah. Who has T-Mobile? It's At least it's not like Save Lots Big Epic Game Center Dallas. or whatever. <laughs> you also live in Gardner. We're not talking about this. No. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, he came into our, our store. It was just random ass things. A couple people came in. Were you oh. one of those people that said, oh, you look like Tony Hawk? Yeah. I, w- I wasn't <laughs> read the there, unfortunately. It was my, mm. my employees at the time were like, dude, Tony Hawk's here. I couldn't get there fast enough. Well, at least they knew that it was actually Tony Hawk and not <laughs> someone who leave. looked like Tony Hawk. Yeah, it was just Hawk. some random, like, like set the building on fire, trap him. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. His <laughs> name is Antonio Pigeon. I will say that I've had friends get victim to having too many drinks and then seeing someone who vaguely looks like a famous person and then like taking photos with them. And then they'll be like, Gat, do you know who this is? I'm like, (laughs) no, no, I have no idea who that is. One time I remember a friend of mine, it was right when the new Ford Explorers came out and they still kind of looked like Range Rovers. And there was one that was like murdered out in front of this like random, I think it was coaches over on 103rd. And she got so drunk. She's like, look at that brand new Range Rover. I want to take a picture with it. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So she went over to the Ford Explorer, the guys in the car. She's like, can I take a photo with your car? He's like, yeah, I guess. And he was like totally eating it up. And I'm like, it's a Ford Explorer. But I just couldn't tell her at the time that it was not a Range Rover. It was a Ford Explorer. What what kind of walk of shame do you have to have after taking your picture with a Ford Explorer? The good news is I was the one driving her home. So I don't think she realized how embarrassing that was until until maybe the next day. She's like, what are these photos with a Ford Explorer? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. This wasn't in Jurassic Park. Come on. I love it. I remember when I first moved here, I thought I saw Paul Rudd at that Cinetopia in Overland Park. You probably did. No, I I took like I got to the point because he was coming up the escalator and I was going down. My heart started like 
pounding. He's like, like, holy shit, because he lives out or his mom lives out here. And it wasn't. It was just some older dude with like a beard. But he looked like exactly. I guess <laughs> Paul Rudd, I guess in Kansas, has a lot of Paul Rudd lookalikes. I could, I could see people using Paul Rudd as an idol, man. Yeah. They keep producing yeah. him out here. Well, I mean, you were spoiled considering, like, we had Guy Fieri at that bar that one time. Uh, you just, all of a sudden, <laughs> celebrities are everywhere. I couldn't even survive four days living out here before Guy Fieri had everything. I love that incredible. we brought it back to Guy Fieri. Yeah, uh, yeah I think <laughs> I talked about that on a podcast. Kevin's just grown of disgust. Yeah, is, like, ta- is that taco place still there? Oh, it's got to be closed. I mean, it had health codes before this, right? Before, before even pandemic. Easily. They just saw his face and they're like, nah. <laughs> There's like, more grease. The thing, bro. Oh, the, is it the one down at the P&L? It's in P&L, yeah. It's right yeah, it was where stage. Cleaver and Cork was. Um, I went to the like opening weekend or whatever, and I dressed like Guy Fieri. <laughs> nice. That's not... I had to do I a mean... walk of shame the next day, and it was probably the weirdest walk of shame I've ever done in my life. Because the uh, guy that I was with was in a purple suit from head to toe, <laughs> and I was just like Guy Fieri. And it was February. It was not... <laughs> Halloween, <laughs> not even close to it. I don't know what was happening, but it's cool. Awesome. I've told that story before, and it's like, yep, that's what I was doing with my time. Awesome, I man. When in some of my darker moments, when I thought we've really <laughs> needed some content, I've thought about the idea of kidnapping Kevin and taking him down to the P and L and trying to drag him into that restaurant. And see Ugh, what kicking and screaming. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And I love tacos, man. It just ruins. Kevin. It. it just falls flat. Yeah. I don't want Guy Fieri to ruin like, tacos. The for thoughts me. that no. go through your mind sometimes. I'm like, do I really know this guy? <laughs> no. I and don't it sucks think so. Like, I, I mean, it's more of a kayfabe hate really these days. But because the guy in real life, I guess, has done so many good things Super for humanity. Nice. Yeah, but let's just so it makes me that. look like Fuck a dick to guy. keep hating him. Yeah, yeah but that's that's the best part of it because you're so like nice and awesome. Yeah, you have to have a you have to have life. a villain. It's so you have funny to, have, to like, me that that used to be the gimmick was like you were the crotchety gr- like the guy Fieri, and you were supposed to be like the somewhat angry guy, and I was like. No, that's not Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, you're not angry. That's all your fucking spirituality just, coming through. Yeah, it's you the guy here. It's me projecting. Yeah, it is. Wow, you've that's, manifested this. Because when I was growing up, they were like, "You got hey, hey, fat guy. You look the guy from Smash Mouth." And I was like, "No, <laughs> I hate him." And they're like, and then so I put a back, so I put a backwards hat on. They're like, "Oh, now you look like Fred Durst." And I'm like, "No." <laughs> and then I dyed my hair white. And they're like, "Hey, you look like Guy Fieri." No! God damn it! And then I just break everything. <laughs> this is incredible hatred. It stems escape. from someplace deep. Yeah. And I appreciate that. <laughs> As all hates should. Gen- yeah. It's truly genuine. <laughs> oh man. Um Is I'm, this where you ask if we have anything more? And then we just keep coming for four I, more I, hours. <laughs> it'll happen. I, mean, I, 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 if, I have nothing want, to do. If we want a dissertation on like, it is the Sunday. There is the no office. Chiefs game. <laughs> Nothing. Got, I am I am prisoner to the moment. I can I can talk about like Parks and Rec in the office for like several hours. That's the thing. It's like, can you? I can. Why? I mean, oh How? man! I because I desperately love Parks and Rec. It's such an amazing show, and I love the I like the Office too. But I love Parks and Rec. Someone mm, told me that I was a mix best. between Ron Swanson, Donna, and Craig, and I'm like, I, <laughs> I can see, see that. I, I can see, see that. <laughs> If it's anybody like has the, any amount of Ron Swanson in them, I think yeah. they're okay. Yeah. You got to have a little bit of Ron Swanson. I'd be it's worried practical. if nobody had a Ron Swanson in them at mm-hmm. least once in a while. Yeah. Well, that's kind of sounds weird, Dallas, but. I wanna <laughs> let, yeah. Hey. Gonna, 
let that hey one now. go. I'm not going to question. I'm not going to tell people how to live their life. That is hey. the other thing I'm not going to do on KCPN. <laughs> you can go do whatever you want as long as it doesn't bother others. Just, you know, be live a furry. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Furries and wrestling. Do those things go hand in hand? <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm trying to That's think. We have, I have not I'm met any. Have. Yes, yeah, that like, I know of. You gotta get to the bottom of this, you guys. <laughs> I've been asked that question before, actually. What? Yeah. That is so strange. And it was totally by somebody that was like, he thinks wrestling's a joke and everything. So oh. he was like, oh yeah, you ever been in there with a furry or whatever? And I'm like, no, <laughs> not yet. But honestly, totally I different outcome, I feel like. If it happened. <laughs> Watch I would pins. not be too surprised if it happened. Wait, well, you did wrestle one. a guy that like acted like a dog. I mean, right? You were in part of the scramble. You, you did wrestle Yellow Dog. Yeah, Yellow Dog. Uh, but he yellow dog and is he that did a... try to pee on people, and he humped the wrestle. He humped the ref's leg. This might be an active like kink thing versus a <laughs> wrestling persona, but you know, don't want to get in the way of whatever. <laughs> think. Hey, don't let the art. Don't let the artist uh, confuse the art Sorry, or whatever. My <laughs> whatever that, whatever like, that saying goes. Yeah, I I, think I, I, I totally forgot about it. the yellow dog thing. By the way, so thank you for reminding me of that. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> he specifically blocked it out of his memory, and then Kevin's like, "Hey, honestly, I think I did block that scramble. Out. I don't know why, because I did, you know." 12 of them yeah right so, so many scrambles they blur sometimes like i remember the one with rose and alley cat i remember the one that i won obviously i remember the <laughs> one where i did a combination of the triple h the undertaker and the rick flair spot all Loved in it. one thing i um, was i remember that one i and that was before hair metal uh, <laughs> um i what um I think that's all I remember off the top of my head, but there's, yeah, if any of you guys want to watch those scrambles, you can watch them on independentwrestling.tv, promo code journey, 20 free days or 10 free days. I don't remember. I think it's 20. <laughs> it was I'm 20 last time I checked. But they're still there. They're still there. Yeah. So. I'm sold. I got to go know, back and watch this. That's what they're I'm saying. Great. I don't, well, yeah, really I don't good. think they're furries per se, but there definitely are like animal personas. But generally, because they're having to wrestle, they don't wear the big I would suit. not call Alley Cat a furry. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, no, she's she, evolved. She, she, yeah. Especially she's cat, now. She's, she's like not, a fucking She's evolved. <laughs> but, she, but she's not like in a, like a, like a fur suit. Right. right. Same thing with Yellow Dog. And, and I'm trying to think what other animal. Shakara had a lot of animal based. I mean, you have like Lainey Luck, the party unicorn. She comes out in a unicorn like hat. But she doesn't identify as the unicorn, does she? She's just like wears the head and is like, hey, she goes all Hulkamania when she puts the helmet or the the helmet on. Look, as somebody that dealt with somebody that dressed up in weird costumes, they absolutely identify as those costumes a lot of the time. So that was a weird point in my life where I was like, are you doing cosplay or is this just like your sex life? Like, so that's when you have to like worry about things like that. As long yep. as it's not like humping in the ring, I think you're good. Yeah. Like some uh. people do take on that persona of like, I'm a horse now. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I think for whatever reason, wrestling is always like the, uh, the lines get blurred and people are like, <laughs> Oh, what's real? What isn't? Uh, it's all real. Say? Birds are fake. We have that t-shirt. Uh, my favorite surprise because I well no and I did buy that one shirt pussy yeah, and leave um, yeah the Roman Reigns knockoff yeah. I didn't know what where to wear that to uh, I gave it to my nanny so that's a, 
She's like, I love your shirts because I can just wear them as night shirts. And I'm like, you're, whoever you're dating is just going to murder me at one point. <laughs> break this pussy. Like, what an aggressive shirt to wear to bed. Like, yep. Like, I don't know what to do with this, but I knew it was for a good cause. So I'm like, I got to buy this. Gets like, anytime you across. guys send me these shirts, yeah. I'm like, I'm sold. They're always perfect. That was, I think that was Tiger Driver that did that. Okay. Oh, was that it? Shirt. No, yeah, nice. yeah. It was, it, was, it was one of those, like, 48-hour... Because uh, I guess anytime you do those like parody shirts, you only can offer yeah. them for a limited time or something. <laughs> Great, um, they've met their goal. I they think they were raising money for uh, cancer awareness or some yeah. sort of like. Cancer. Oh, nice! Yeah, like, absolutely. Nice. I guess I'll well, contribute to it. You know, mm. whatever. You know, it's just like something that uh, I can justify buying shirts because I will buy shirts that say horrible things on them for absolutely no reason at all. So. <laughs> oh yeah, Give me I've a heard. You know, it. there's so, plenty of wrestler that will say I am an absolute whore for a free T-shirt. Yeah, blue blue meanie was one of the ones that came after me uh, when I was doing the blue world order for the royal shirts. <laughs> he apparently needs some money because homie was like, "We're not going to collaborate. I'm just going to take this idea because it's my name and I'm going to put it." I'm like, whatever. But his shirts didn't sell that well. Mine did, so he got bamboozled, I guess. So I <laughs> was a little bit of a jackass, but everyone else has been cool that I've run into in the wrestling world. So, oh, you'll find plenty of both. <laughs> that's good though. That's, I think I gave a guy like the guy. I uh, he was Maverick with NWL. I gave yeah, him Moonshine. Like, yeah, Moonshine. Oh yeah, yeah Moonshine. Friends, I gave yeah. him like five bucks for a photo with him one time, and I was like, I think that means that we're dating. And he was like, Yeah, I think so. I was like, Okay. And then I just never talked to him again. Um, and so like that was a great wrestling interaction that I had. Um, but yeah, like I just love the wrestling community because you guys really and truly do just let it all hang out there and just go with it it's like these this is who i am this is my persona or you know you really do mold your character into who you are outside of the ring too and it kind of makes it easier a little bit a hundred percent that's i think that's why we're encouraged to do that by our peers so often is because a lot of the times on whatever scale you're looking at in wrestling it's like well if you can like the reason that suspension of disbelief is possible, the reason the believability and the authenticity comes across so strongly is because there is however much of reality infused into whatever character or gimmick they are portraying. And that is why it always, you know, succeeds to the magnitude that it does is when, when they do that. So I don't know. I I don't know. Whatever it is that success, that formula seems to have worked successfully for quite a long time <laughs> well i certainly hope in some at some point next year we can get get out to like a journey pro show or something yes oh, yeah because i think that's the biggest thing is anytime we've talked wrestling it's always been like wwe and it's like yeah it's this whole world of like amazing wrestling that's not true last time we covered an entire AEW pay-per-view that's true yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I, I say, we, talk like every time i talk to gat we've always talked wwe stuff but yeah yes um I think that's like because going back before the pandemic, I was just fully submerged in nothing but like Attitude Era stuff. I refused to watch in the new stuff. But with AEW coming out really makes me question my stance on a lot of things. I started watching one of the um, I think it was is it Sunday night shows or Tuesday night? Wednesday night. 
Wednesday night. Dynamite. That's cool. Uh, (laughs) But I was watching one of them and this girl tweeted, she's like, oh my God, I just found your next boyfriend. And I tuned in and it was like this guy in a gold chain and he just was like a complete douchebag. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably somebody I would be dating. But I was like, holy shit, this is fantastic because the way that they were talking shit was different. Like with WWE, it just seems so rehearsed. But with AEW, they really do have their own personalities come through a lot. So if anything's going to happen, if I do finally come back to modern current wrestling, it's going to have to be on a smaller scale, like the local scale, or it's going to have to be through, you know, joining in with modern times and just, you know, you will find the local scale much more enjoyable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard that there's some plays with a vineyard and like a rest a ring or something. I'm like, you give me wine and fucking wrestling. I will never leave. So make it an Airbnb and I'll stay there. I'm never coming home. <laughs> get an Airbnb and I will never leave. Yeah, just make it into a tiny home village and I'll just stay there. It'll so be rent. fine. Yes, yes. So rent, so rent, basically. Basically. We just won't tell my family. It's cool. For sure. Yeah. Uh, another thing about the Journey Pro shows coming back uh, is like, they, you know, they used to run at bars. I don't know where they're going to run after, but because now Kansas Hall has regrettedly died. Um, I think this is like the eighth time that this has happened. In it's gone yeah, south or changes. whatever. Yeah. With yeah. Kanza, but uh, whenever whenever they do run again, uh, you know the problem with Kanza, I not necessarily a problem, but one of the things about Kanza was that it was a bar, so they had to run eighteen and up shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother and sister are now of age. So they will be able to see me wrestle Hell for the first yeah. time at Journey. Oh, that's exciting. That Although is exciting. They, yeah, they've been, uh, especially my brother, he's been like, because they've, they've barely seen me live because there's so few uh, family-friendly local shows. Uh, and like any shows that I am on that welcomes kids are a few hours away at the least. <laughs> so for them to be able to see me at Journey now that's gonna be really is cool. going to be interesting and i mean i just need to have somebody to go and like support and cheer for too so if that obviously is the case then it's like i'll have some people that can explain kind of like backstories and all that i'm kind of excited for it i mean that's going to be another thing is like what do you what how do you go about running again because it's been so long now especially for journey who haven't even you know run a single show since february is like do you just start over kind of from square one in terms of like reintroducing everybody and starting new stories because it's not like time just paused for a year and then you press play on the dvd so like it'll be kind of interesting to see how not only journey but other promotions kind of around the the country and around wrestling globally uh, that have been gone during this pandemic kind of reintroduce themselves Absolutely. Once, once the pandemic comes back. And I'm 100% on board with whatever I can do to help with uh, you guys getting back into Journey Pro scene and uh, doing whatever shows you can from there. Whatever is happening, you know I'm 100% on board with. So just give me at least 24 hours notice and I'll be there. So <laughs> Surprise, get down here now. Oh my God, there's a fire. Hurry. <laughs> Dallas started it. It's okay. It's actually hell in a cell, but we're doing it at Kanza Hall and it, no one's here yet, but we need you to film it. Let's go. Got it. <laughs> 
like that happening for some reason. I don't know why. We need it for content. Hurry. Hell in a Cell with the death fan active. So they have this Dude, huge blade the death, fan. The Mortal Kombat oh, no. death fan oh, on gonna, fire in Hell in a Cell. It's yeah. the biggest thing I'm going to miss about Kansas Hall. It was the death what, fan. What, what at first I thought was the, the like the kind of the biggest debilitator for them, but it actually gave the shows a neat personality that they couldn't do all that off the top rope shit. At least yeah. not from that. I can what, literally what, what, see the death that? fan. I'm like, yeah, the death that? fan is right there. Yeah, yeah. it's intense. Which and th- they had a fog machine come out of it too, and it was funny. Like the that best, was the best dude, the besties in the world. I remember uh, <laughs> uh, Matt Fitchett said he wouldn't wrestle until they got to do his Goldberg spot, where they had like the fog come down on him. Yep, and he was like blowing and he, it out. He looked like a kid in a candy store, yeah. just like whacking all the. Fog and yeah. just being like, ah! <laughs> That's oh, the shit wonderful. that you do that for. That's what you wake up and you wrestle for is moments like that. Yeah. And then he got speared and jackhammered by Micah, so that kind of backfired on him. It was hilarious. Well, maybe not that part. Yeah, lesson, lesson <laughs> learned. Um, JJ God, Garrett can... hung off those rafters in one of the scrambles. Like he Dude, climbed the lo- where the lights were. He did were. that, and I was just kind of like standing there, and I was like, uh, don't die. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like thinking the whole time, like, what if he misses those people down there? He's like, going to land on something. <laughs> yup. It was wild. Those one. are good times. Yeah. Someone. God damn. I'm, I'm That's just part of the added bonus. You know, if you get ringside oh, seats. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. I just thought of this is probably, I probably shouldn't bring this up, but now that I've thought of it, I have to. Um, you guys probably remember the tag match, the the women's tag match with, um, who was it? Laney and Laney and Shotzi against Marty Bell and, and Brooke Valentine. Uh, oh um, yeah. yeah, and <laughs> she got sick. Yeah, and then Bishop went to clean it up, and he inadvertently was sweeping it Dude. into the front. Row. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember they, that. Yeah, they, they put the stuff to like to help solidify it and make it like you know chalky or whatever. And then he was the, sweeping it out of the ring. He was sweeping it onto the front. Row. Yeah, he did like a fucking ho- full hockey sweep. Like he was like, Ooh. and so like he he fucking Gallagher the first row. <laughs> Like, and it, like, I remember the video and I remember the commentators like, oh no, what are you doing? Like he basically Dave Matthewed the first gra- the row. It was bad. <laughs> like, oh my I didn't, God. I, I, I remember hearing about it live. I didn't see any of it somehow. Cause I, I don't know how I missed it, but then you I remember you, you, you and I were in the front corner, like right next to the stage. So it was, yeah, it was, but we were standing back. We weren't anywhere near. Yeah. It. We weren't anywhere close to it, oh. but that, that, we didn't get a good view of it either. Cause we yeah. didn't know what happened until. <laughs> Towards the end of them, <laughs> yeah, they were like somebody I'm like threw up in the ring. For so the people funny. in that front row, like yeah. that oh, had to have been awful. Uh, Bishop, Bishop <laughs> got to the back, and I was like, "Tell me, you did not just sweep puke into somebody in the front row?" <laughs> and he was so, he was so bless Bishop's heart. Oh, I hope he doesn't watch this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was so just like, "Fuck, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." <laughs> And everybody in the back who saw it was just dying. Hey, way uh, to go, Bishop. And then everyone in the front row go. who got hit was dying. <laughs> like Different kind. At first, I didn't see it. At first, I just heard people start going, oh, my God. Oh, oh. And then I looked, and I saw him just 
I was like, no. He was trying to fast sweep it out. That's why I don't think he was thinking. Yeah. He didn't try to go under the apron. He didn't try to yeah. do anything. He, he just was fucking just like, oh, jet. I got to get it out of here. We got to get on with the show. And he didn't. He just went. Oh. Let me see. Did that make it onto the the? Oh, it was on. The, yeah, it made show? it on the video because, like I said, the, the commentating the, team was talking yeah, they, about they it. They put it on okay. camera. They put it. They it was on hard camera. They'll never live with that down. No, no, no that's not happening. <gasps> if if that doesn't sell you on attending an indie wrestling <laughs> show, I'm I don't fucking know what sold. Will. Maybe I'll sit in the second row just in case <laughs> Bishop's there. But I was laughing so hard I started sweating. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's Ooh, that's a workout. That all right, funny. that's amazing. <sighs> Man, <laughs> well, I don't think we're topping that. No, that's that's the way to wrap up the show. Um, <sighs> man, I think we covered everything we we had intended on covering, um, and then and then more. It's yeah, just yeah. Your, your, your oh no, totally. I was so things. ready to like interview Gat about like sports media and actually talk about stuff like professionally. That's, but that's, that's not funny, what happened at all. That's, no, that's, that's the funny thing about Gat is like she's really good at what she does, but she doesn't want to talk about what she does. She wants to talk about I know. all the shit. I know, it's man. funny because like I can give a little bit of a tidbit of my podcast. I have Gat Chats, and like the only reason that I have this entire segment, or the whole season, season one is literally just me telling my story, so I don't ever have to fucking tell it again. That's really <laughs> the only reason that I even started Gat Chats because yep. like people do be like, "Well, so uh, what's your background?" I'm like, Ugh, "Fuck, here we go." So if there's That's like actually a segment really of things. Attractive- to just do sure, that. Yeah. It, but if you can do that in, in any way, shape, or form, I was telling you guys, like, when you were starting this whole thing up, it's like, if you can just tell your story once and tell people, hey, go back and check this out. This is where I've been. This is what I'm up to. That way, when clients meet you, when possible new people, like new employers or people that want to, like, interview you guys, like, hey, look, this is like a footnotes, a cliff notes episode. This is where I've been with my career. This is where I want to go. And so I got to episode, I think, four and it was about Kamala dying. And that's when I cried on air. That's when I uh, had, to, I didn't even stop recording. I just said, fuck it. I'm just going to keep going. And I talked about all the things that had been happening, like death wise throughout my career and how big, like monumental deaths of people that I work with or like have been working around or just whatever have impacted my life. And it's like, it's amazing to go back and see all that stuff. But that's what I do is like, I'll go back, I'll talk about my story on my time. Have I made an episode since Kamala died? No. Should I probably do that this afternoon since I have makeup on and I'm not like dying yet? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's just like, there's little things that you just have to push yourself to do and staying current and staying talking and staying, you guys just doing your podcast every week is helping you more than anything else could you know Mm -hmm. and just staying with each other and making sure one of you doesn't fall behind and it's like i know that there's always health stuff there's always real life stuff but this is supposed to be your escape it's supposed to be where you can come and like have a great conversation and that's what podcasts are supposed to be about it's not supposed to be strenuous or work or supposed to be a stressful thing so creating that and making it seem like that that's the end goal and so if by coming on here and talking a bunch of shit about Terry Bradshaw or about Flavor Flav or about your buddy Bishop that can't sweep worth of shit. I'm totally, I'm totally there for it. Cause that's what I love doing. It's like, I want to know more about where you guys are too. And it's like, if content's drying up, which it's not, then that's one thing, but you guys are just full steam ahead. And the shit with the music videos, like, 
Oh my God. It's just, it is so fucking funny to go back and watch that shit. And it's through different eyes. So I feel like you guys getting a little brother to the show has been the greatest part of mm-hmm. uh, seeing you two create again. It's like you two are totally different people. Kevin's not the grumpy guy anymore. He just gets to be <laughs> lovable Kev who creates explosion interviews and, and all these great introduction things. And we got Mike's chilling at Journey Pro with nobody there, just waiting for the death fan to get him. Yeah, so it's like, ah, you know, like, just what's up, gets guys? bigger as the part just as put the image in my head. Of- of Mike being at Kanza Hall, yeah, like, like actually, hey, dude, I'm telling you, if, if I could, if I could, I would hang out there by myself. <laughs> like all the, t- at the least it's distance, and you know, it's been clean. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> a dusty. Good fucking tirade. That was a great take there, Gat. That Thank was awesome. You. That hyped me up. I was like, fuck yeah, I have to go <laughs> run through a wall. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for having me on. Hell yeah, it's always a blast. Thank you for coming. Anytime, anytime. To the podcast, to the podcast, to the podcast. Yeah, thank watch yourself there. Yeah, did you did your uh, Wi-Fi break again? Ron, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you for coming. Everyone needs Ron did. Swanson in them. I'm like, no, maybe not. Not everybody See, wants that. That was that that has been one of my things about doing this was I was nervous about it before when I was like when I was always like, Oh yeah, I'd like to do something like a podcast, but oh, I'm kinda worried I'll say something stupid. And I still worry about it now to where like people can come back because it's on the internet now. Yep. So they can go back and they can find Future this generations be like, that's my grandpa. Of me misspeaking and saying something that comes across as something that's not what I'm trying to say. And then, oh look, he's you know, Kill him, cancel him, you know, whatever. Kill him or cancel him. You got two options. Yeah, for real. And I still (laughs) worry about that stuff sometimes, but at the same time, it's like, fuck it. Speak your mind. Well, the beauty of it is, like, all my stories are on our previous network, and they'll eventually delete all our shows so that we'll have all. I get to retell all those stories. Yeah, you write it. Reboot. Once you sell off the network. They're going to yeah, delete all clearly. our old, old stuff too. So it'll... Nope, it's not going anywhere. I That's the one oh, thing. Shit. 100% content goes with you guys. So it's, it's all on you. Sucks to suck, bro. You get the entire catalog. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because we, we did the origin story. and But like even in the origin story, we there was so much that we left out we like individually and in terms of like – because we kind of just covered what we thought was relative to either wrestling or the pod. And, like, as the weeks have gone on, we've kind of just added a little bit more of the lore to the story. And we've I kind of, it. like, like, it's almost like instead of just telling the story from beginning to end or beginning to present, I guess, since the stories aren't over, we're all still alive. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we're like, instead of instead of telling it chronologically, we've kind of been just we gave like the origin story of how the pod came to be and then we kind of just since then have been adding little stories from all of us here and there like we've talked about um the gaming company that shan't be named that was horrible for mike and kevin to work at and we've talked about (laughs) wrestling stories and we've talked about you know stories from people that we've brought on so we're kind of just slowly i guess adding lore for all three of us in terms of like our pasts and our stories and yeah. how we came to be and all that kind of stuff. So it's really fun. I'm, I mean, we watched Marvel make $11 billion doing it yeah. that way. So that's my inspiration. Yeah. Create our own uh, audio cinematic universe and just like, that, that's what I'm we'll so get, down we'll get that. Paul Rudd on the we'll show make our own Kansas Hall and it will be the exact same thing, except, you know, it'll just be ours and no one else can go in there. Hell yeah. That'd be amazing. That's our new studio. Maybe we should get Kansas Hall. 
By the way, we're just going to go ahead and buy one box south. That's what the. Yeah, I was going to say we have to buy the whole thing. Yeah. No well, the, I, that's why I told I told him the the music store next door uh, has closed down too. So that whole strip right there, the whole center of that wow. strip is like wide open. Dang! You can have a bar. Yeah, you can have originally Journey was going to try. They were going to try to see if they could work something out to where they can get Kanza, but it's like attached to the whole. Yeah, thing. you have to get one the other bars. South, so but that's what I'm saying. If work. we if we buy the music store, yep, and we turn right that there. into like a journey uh, journey pro store journey pro store in it. i get, i got ideas but i just need money that's the uh, let's give it the, the uh, yeah the cobra kai know, dojo treatment that seems to be the common theme right across me, all four of us say, uh, we have plenty of ideas but we need some money hmm we need a less controversial you, major for, for money cough cough yeah <laughs> less controversial major that's my goal yeah i will try my hardest <laughs> To have all the redacted things that may or may not have happened to him. What's slower than redacted the major? and not happening to me? Is that I, corporal? I would be like a. I, I I'd, I'd be like a general. Mind. I don't think I could be like anything. I Here comes the general. general. Oh God! Be, don't yeah. get me to start singing Hamilton. We got to end this now. No, we got to go. Mike, cut it. girling it out. Close it. Close it, Mike. Do it. <laughs> Already. Oh, wrap it. Wrap it. Hurry. <laughs> wrap it up. So, Gat, where can where can everybody find you? I mean, obviously, we, we're all on the. You know, can't see podcast network, but like, where can everybody find? Uh, my address is no, I <laughs> it's Casey Gat. Uh, I've switched to my real name, Gracie Terrell, on all of my social media, which is really weird and uncomfortable. Um, mostly I'm like, at this point, if you want to fucking stalk me, let's go. Here it is. Here's the information. Come Boy. at me, bro. I've all got right. security, I've got guns, so come on after me. It's cool. Uh, don't come after me. It's a bad idea. But yeah, Casey Gat, I switched from Sprouts Gat. The sports aren't really my thing anymore. I might have made history as Kansas City's first female sports radio host, but I don't give a shit anymore. I'd rather do other things with my time. Um, yeah. more than just yeah. sports. So that's kind of nice to be able to live that yeah. life out. I'm so. more than just wrestling. See, yeah. Look at you. I'm, I'm more than just my perfect hair. Look at that. <laughs> See? I love this because I get told by so many people like around me, get rid of that fucking hair. And I'm nope. like, no, it's never. so great. It's a beautiful no, mane like, you got there. Yeah, you got to stick with it. Like, I will oh, never yeah. tell you to cut your hair. That's what never. I keep telling people. Look, he's look, just look. like, let me just get it out real quick. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'll do it. That's a mane. That's yep. a mane. I love it. <laughs> yep. That's perfect. I know. I saw Kurt Stallion cut his hair, and I was bummed out. <laughs> like, Kurt Stallion is a handsome lad, short or I, long. Very. I heard you guys ripping on Chris Jericho uh, a little bit last episode. That was pretty funny. I, you know, it's. Hey, I dude, I gotta. Uh, off, I, gotta to shitty, shitty, I don't want to. I don't want to use his name, but off air, I'll tell you guys about somebody that we all know who's a big Jericho guy. Oh and, God. And a Ooh. quick, a quick fact I learned. No, no, no! It's it it turns. It's a big it's a big turn at the end. So I'll I'll, okay. I'll tell you guys about We're that. We're excited as soon as we for wrap. this off air story. As soon as we finally here. wrap this rhymes up, rhymes with Ryback. No. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we finally wrap this up, I will. Yeah. More like Ryback. Oh. Huh? No. Wait, what did you say? I don't know Ryback. Okay, I'm not even sure. I genuinely don't know. What I genuinely did you say? have no idea what's happening. Oh, Mike! We got I, love it. I love it. You try like almost every week. You like throw one out there, and every time it gets the same Trick response. It's really bad. It's so good. Really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, even the dog's right. like, "Come on, man!" Yeah. Dog's the dog's like, even like disappointed. Wrap it up, man. 
All right. Well, I think that's it. We've got to, <laughs> we got to wrap. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for, for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, do us a favor and tune in next week when we, we actually talk about wrestling once again. I swear we'll talk Maybe. about it every now and then. Maybe. We got we'll video see. games and all kinds of other stuff to talk video about. Video games. Yeah. Wrestling, we if we get to it. We can talk about AW games. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about that next week. Yeah. So, because I'm, I'm excited to talk about some wrestling video games. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, once I swear. You, we'll talk. Yeah. Once again, you are the Noah Vanderhoff. You can come on anytime you want. Talk about your new projects yes. and what's I'm going on. I'm going to pretend like I know that reference. That's from yeah. Wayne's World. Uh, he was the, oh, the Noah's Arcade dude. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, no, it's cool. I do know that reference. I, we're stuck in like superhero movies, which I have unabashedly seen zero of them. So. Oh, look at you. It's a hard thing yeah, to it's, avoid. It's a yeah. really blissful thing to avoid at this point. <laughs> yes. Look at poor Dallas. He's not well. We need to make sure. <laughs> He's like, I can't handle you. No, I, I love the MCU so much that I don't know. To hear somebody say that is like how like you're missing out. <laughs> Am I? I personally feel that way because man the mcu mcu is something man but there's no better way i could end this show than saying later nerds yeah <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more oh that's a cheer we used to do in softball uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.